Here at VFTN, we're all about the smooth moves. Whether it's a Joe Rawls through ball or a Shawnee Moz celebration, we simply love it when things run smooth. And that's why we're big fans of the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. We've been using their lawnmower shaver now for the past few weeks, and let me tell you, it's as smooth as Robert Earnshaw's head down there. I've been using razors and scissors to keep myself trimmed down below, but this device changes the game. Whether it's your plums, your armpits, or your chest, the lawnmower's skin-safe technology leaves you smooth and clean without any risks of bumps or nicks. And when you're done, you can use their Crop Preserver deodorant to keep things feeling super fresh down there. It's a game changer. I never knew I needed it, and now I can't live without it. And for our view from the Ninian listeners, we've teamed up with Manscaped to offer you 20% off their Performance Package 4.0. Not only do you get the Lawnmower 4.0 shaver and the Crop Preserver deodorant, but you also get the Weed Whacker. For those of you out there with that excess nose and ear hair, we see you. And a refreshing Crop Reviver tonic. You'll also get a pair of Manscaped boxes thrown in, as well as a bag to keep all your bits in. It's simply not to be missed. To get your hands on the very best in male grooming, head over to uk.manscaped.com and select the Performance Package 4.0. And at the checkout, use the code VFT Ninian for 20% off your purchase. That's VFT Ninian for 20% off your purchase. Trust us, your balls will thank you. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. A jubilant view from the Ninian this week, as just like Novak Djokovic at the Australian border, we eventually got through in our cup tie against Preston. It's the same thing, isn't it? It's the same thing. Cardiff 2, Preston 1 after 120 minutes of turgid, depressing football. And we're going to talk it through and relive it all again for you. Ben Price, how happy are you that we're in the fourth round? Oh, we're going all the way, aren't we? I've already, I've already planned the, the weekend for the FA Cup final, so... When is the FA Cup final this year, Ben? Do you know? I, I don't actually know, and I'm just thinking I'm getting married. It'll probably be the weekend I'm getting the weekend I'm getting married. To be honest, it's got to be the first thing you look at when you're planning. Uh, Tom Phillips also here. Um, you oh, can sorry. hear his voice there. Um, never 14th of May. So yeah, it's the weekend after. It's the weekend before I get married. Oh, Tom, do you reckon we go into the final? Yeah, there's no doubt. Absolutely no doubt about it. Just a you know small rat, small matter of Liverpool in the next round. I think we can beat them. I think they're a beatable side. But first, let's talk about the Preston game. Two um, one in front of an empty stadium. Extra time was needed. Um, there was some very strange decision making going on on the pitch from all teams, all players, all managers, all referees. Um, ben, first question to you: How weird was it going back to having no fans in the ground? It was strange, but to be fair, even with it being behind closed doors, I don't think it affected ticket sales that much. No, if anything, there was more people there than ever has been in previous yeah. years. I, I, I don't think there was that much of a clamour for a third round tie against a team we played several weeks ago, neither of who are in particularly great form. So, But it was strange. I didn't like it. It was, yeah, just odd. It just felt like a trip back to a time where I'm trying to move on from that. I thought the world was getting better. I was going to say, like, it felt you know, a trip back in time, but in reality, it was only probably eight, nine months ago, really, because we only started getting fans back in sort of August, September. Um, but it kind of, for me, Ben, it kind of takes something out of the game, doesn't it? It removes some of that passion. Even if there was 5,000 people there, there would be at least extra voices and extra impetus behind the players. You get that noise, you get that sort of cheer and just, yeah, there'd be a bit more about it. I think the players would sort of step it up again. You could, You can definitely tell. That players, no, I don't think any player hit the sort of top gears. They hit their top levels in that game. If they did, fucking hell. You don't think Kieran (laughs) Brown was hitting top levels? 
No, I don't think he had that second monster. No, he didn't. Um, Tom, what kind of monster do you think is Kieran Brown's favourite? Is he like an original? Is he a Paradise Punch? Um, Nitro Espresso ones? What do you think? He's going for the strong ones, isn't he? Nitro Espresso, I think. He probably mixes it up. I think he takes it easy just before the game. Probably dials it down to Paradise Punch there. But I reckon in the build-up, he's really stacked in the espresso. Like, and to be fair, like he, he must have known what well, the day before that he's probably at least that'd be in the lineup. Probably had four or five monsters. I, I reckon he would be excited. I reckon he would have seen off a few. He had a bottle four pack of Ripper. What flavor mm. is a Ripper one? I don't know. It's nice though. It's the one I've had before. I always tend to go for an original because it's kind of like it's almost an even more sickly Red Bull, um, and it's like very orange. But anyway, anyway, um, talking to Kieran Brown, Tom, it was a very youthful lineup. Um, Isaac Davis, Colwell, uh, Baggin, um, Kieran Brown all started. Sang. Uh, Evans, um, Harris all came off the bench. We also saw the reemergence of Ryan Wintle. Um, out of those youth team players, who do you think performed best on the day? Um, I'll start on the other side. I was a little bit disappointed with, in Colwell. Um, I thought it might have been his chance to kind of take a game by the scruff of the neck. And I think it's just his mannerisms as well. He looks permanently shattered. And I don't think he is. But he, he looked a, bit, a little bit off the pace. But then you still saw a little bit from him, you know, when Isaac Davis should have scored early on, you know, that pass through the middle. So you're seeing mm-hmm. glimpses of it, but it wasn't that complete performance that I was hoping. But I suppose you've got to look at Isaac Davis, right? Like, he missed that early chance. Um, he's had an absolute slate in off the, the manager in the last couple of weeks, you know, being hauled off. And he still responds with that lovely drinking run and finish. Um, you know, he's far from the finished article, but it's promising and, you know, it, it, it's gutting for him. There's no fans there when you score your first goal for the club as well. But I'm absolutely buzzing for him. And you could see the relief when it went in as well. There was yeah. a proper, like, get-in face. Like, he was absolutely loving it. Yes, your, the manager's did... not going to punch me in the changing rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, Tom, did his goal remind you of a, a certain number 39 he used to play for Cardiff City? That kind of cut in from the left, run across the goal, smash it through the keeper's legs. Bellamy was kind of the king of that. Getting a bit carried away there, I think. Because it oh, was yeah. a, but that's it was what we're here to do. Yeah, it was a it was a cut in against a bad Preston team, and the strike went straight down the middle, and the keeper didn't parry it away. But I'll take it. Like, he was I, doing I, that against poor Barnsley teams when he was playing for us. Yeah, it's true. But I think I think I don't think he's the most natural finisher from what I've seen so far. Isaac Davis, he gets himself in some great positions. He's like a deuce bunny around the pitch. Like he doesn't stop running. At mm-hmm. the moment, I think he lacks that little bit of composure when he gets into those areas. You know, when we saw from that first chance that he put wide, like he should be scoring in those positions. But, you know, I think the most promising thing is he's got a football brain. He's getting into those positions. You know, he is an outlet. And I, I don't know, I, I'm excited by him, I must admit. And it's so nice to see that many academy products on the pitch, even if it is a yeah. poor performance, really. Like, we've got a result, they're through to the next round, and they'll be absolutely buzzing off that. We'll talk more about the academy players um, in, a, in a small while, but Ben, um, there was an, a return of a, a not so academy player yesterday as well. Um, he was back in the starting lineup. Shawnee Two Rs Morrison um, did okay. Was it nice to see him back? He's kind of been in and out of the team this season. Um, we're still not sure on the status of his future, but it's good to see him back out on the pitch, isn't it? It is. It's something reassuring and comforting. He's been at the club so long now. He feels like part of the furniture. Seeing him in there and seeing him playing in the Blue City, something just feels right about it, doesn't it? Mm. It does. Do you think he put in a good performance? I don't think he did any harm. I think sort of it's probably the best he's played in a while. Um, I think coming out of the team and having a bit of a rest and sort of healing up has probably done him a bit of wonders. I know Preston weren't spectacular going forward. He didn't have a huge amount to do, but 
yeah, he didn't really put a foot wrong today. It wasn't like you wouldn't say he was man the match and sort of scream for rooftops how good he was, but but he's he's done enough it's, and sort of he's given the manager something to think about at least. He's done his job for the next game. For me, Sean Shawnee Moz does have the odd howler within him. Uh, he does make the odd mistake, but he didn't really put a foot wrong. He was very low key in his performance. I think that's probably the best thing we can say about him. Um, Tom, and the player who wasn't low key in his performance, we've already talked about him, was uh, Kieran Brown, um, another long haired centre half. Uh, just what was he doing for that penalty? Oh, man, I don't know. Because we looked defensively sound all game. Yeah. Like we, we, and that's like, the thing. I, don't want, I didn't really want to single him out, but he, that was probably the only defensive mistake apart from another one we'll get to. Uh, yeah, it deserves to be singled out. That's the problem. And like, I, I was really hoping he'd have a good game. And to be honest, that, that was just a rush of blood to, to the yeah. head, doesn't it? That's a, that's a caffeine overdose. That's, it's gone wrong there. <laughs> the nitro espresso at half time's really yeah, gone. It's hit him just before half time. And oh, was that? Yeah, yeah, it would have been yeah, on the stroke of half time, was it? I forgot. Second, it was such a turgid, second half. Second half. There we go. Such a turgid game. But yeah, it, it, I don't know what he's doing because the bloke isn't about to shoot either. Like it's almost as if he's, he's, you know, he's hesitated. He's probably got time to get back, and he's just bundled into him. And uh, it's just it's madness, really. I know he's only young, but he's played enough games now to know not to do that. And mm-hmm. yes, it's very frustrating. I think looking at Twitter, I think our fans are losing patience now, and it's it's a bit of a pity because he, he did well up in Scotland. You know, he was linked with a move away. And Warnock was after him at Borough as well. And we were like, oh, at the time, like, let's keep hold of him as a youngster. He's promising, but he's done very, very little since. Would you not keep him just as a bench warmer? I, I still think there's a player there. There must be. For him to be linked to these play, you know, these teams, managers do like him. He's still in and around the squad. And to be honest with you, we, we can't really afford to start offloading too many people at the moment anyway. And maybe a clutch in a little bit of straws, but like apart from bundling into a player for that penalty, we did look defensively sound. You know, we we switched it up second half as well with formation. We still look defensively sound. And I, to go back to the Sean Morrison thing, I thought he had a really good game. To be honest, I, I thought he, he you know he led that defence well. He had youngsters around him. Um, he looked really calm on the ball mm. as well, as if he looked relaxed, as if you know I've got nothing to really prove anymore. I don't know whether that's because there's no fans there as well, but. I, yeah, I they didn't really test us too much throughout the whole game. I think no, they were from, shot on target. Yeah, from the stats here, five shots off, one shot on target, and obviously the penalty, um, which was on the 54th minute. Um, but yeah, they only had one shot on target. I don't really remember Phillips making a save uh, beyond no. that. I don't think I didn't see him worried at all. Um, on to the good side of the academy, Ben. Um, the, the, the Harris winner was a goal direct from the academy. Evans sang to Harris. Uh, it was a lovely finish by Harris. He was very calm. The defenders and keepers outrushing to him. How nice is it to see? I know we, we've talked about it already, but how nice would see having seeing the academy players having that actual impact on the game? Davis got the first goal. Harris with the second goal made by Sang and Evans. It's it's what we've all dreamed about, isn't it? Yeah, it's the one thing we've been crying out for for a long time, sort of saying that structure needs to change. Um, I think especially for someone like Harris to get a goal, um, some, I think sometimes he's forgotten man of that sort of academy group. I know because he's a little bit older, he's been, he feels like he's been around for a lot longer, but he's still very young. And he seems to be getting better game in, game out at the moment. Um, he's really impressed me each time he's coming on. He's adding stuff. He's not just, I think, especially last season when he sort of evolved, there was a lot of times he was felt more like a passenger in a game at times. Now he's really starting to make a difference, starting to find his feet in senior football, and he's looking really impressive. I'm really happy to see him scoring 
sort of sort of, sort of they're there, sort of scoring semi regularly. Yeah, I think I thought it was a great goal. I thought it was nice to see Sang back. Um, I think he could be a real option in the middle of the park. I know yes. um, um, McCarthy seemed to favour him at fullback, which he was great at fullback. But I think him bombing on like that and putting balls across is something that we we've kind of missed out on. This, and he can bring something to the team um, through that it regard. It was sensible um, forward passes, though, wasn't it? It wasn't a case that yeah. they weren't sideways and they weren't just humping it up to the up top forward just for the sake of it. They were clever, intricate passes to sort of look in the build something, given us something to capitalise on, which is from a creative, from an attacking sense, it's the one thing we've been missing, we've been crying out for from yeah. that midfield. Exactly that. Um, it was lovely to see. Um, it wasn't as plain sailing as we're making out, though, Tom. Um, uh, Curtis Nelson, I, I think we would describe it as a brain fart uh, in the last minute, um, with one of the most egregious handballs I think we'll ever see. Yeah. And I, I, the referee's really well placed to give that as well. And I think it was so bad that he's gone. There must have been a push. Why the hell would you have your hand that high mm. in the air? And he seemed to have his hand in the air well before there was contact. It felt like it felt he was already just leading with it. And it was absolute madness. I, th- I think we got away with him there massively because what is he doing? I think I just, he just really likes Alan Shearer. <laughs> You don't, you don't, you, you don't think he was pushed. I think there is a nudge, right? But there's going to be a nudge in contact sport. He's gone looking for the foul, and luckily he's he's got it. But there's a, there's a feather of a touch, if anything, to be honest. And like we, well, we've massively got away with one there, but perhaps we deserve a bit of luck. Probably don't actually, but we got it. I, my initial thoughts when I first saw it was I thought there was a push. Um, again, I don't know how big it was, but I, I wasn't. I saw a lot of people reacting on Twitter, and uh, the commentators were like, "Oh, it was it was it was a clear handball." But from my view, I was like, "There's a there's a push there enough to give it." Um, so I was quite calm about the whole situation, even though when you watch it back afterwards, you go, "Why is his hand?" You know, he's quite a tall lad, and the hand is probably about a foot and a half above his head. He's extended himself to eight foot trying to handle the ball. Uh, it was stupid, really. Um, ben, uh, rounding off that game, obviously, I think. We've talked about the good performances. I think Wintle came on impressed. Sang came on and impressed. Evans put in a little, you know, got got in get, got in on the action when he was on. Harris obviously scored. Isaac Davis scored. How big of a boost is it that all of a sudden we've got five or six players who are coming back into the squad? We've talked about having depleted squads all season. Talk about the bench being pretty lightweight. But now that we've seen what some of these players can do, does it give you a bit of a boost going into the next couple of big games? Yeah, because I think sort of they're talking about... Um on the radio of sort of the fixtures coming up of how season defining they're going to be. Um, yeah. Suddenly having a bit of depth and some players have got a bit of game time under their belts and sort of making that step up. Yeah. It's really important. It does make me feel a bit more confident that we've got people on the bench that can change games. I, yeah, I'm not so sure. I, I think it was a completely terrible game of football that oh, we God. just managed to get the win from. And I think, you know, if that, if, you know, they win on penalties or something. At the end of the game, we're looking at that going, that was dreadful. I think it's good that we got the result. We ground out result. It's great to see youngsters on the pitch, but I don't think we showed... We I thought we looked better defensively, which is great because we've had one clean sheet all year. But outside of that, I still think we lack a lot of creativity. Um, I think we lack players who've got any sort of composure. Even Mark Harris, great goal that first run, and then he has that one-on-one. And when he when he's got time on the ball, I don't really back him to score. He's very instinctive. Well, he, he had that chance late on, didn't he? Where he, yeah, he yeah. Exactly. streaked through, and he, he had too much time to think about it. And that and that's what worries me a little bit about a lot of our players is they've got a talent there. They're a bit raw, though. I don't. 
I don't think we've got we've got that composure. We haven't got the that steely personality at the moment. And it's a great result, but I, I still really worry for us because I don't think that we can really call that depth yet. I think that's kind of we played who we had because we haven't got that enough senior players to put a, a second team out in the cup. Just uh, thinking out loud here, there's a player, we're talking about creativity, and um, there's a player currently without a club who I think would be relished to come back in and, and, and help give us a bit of a creative edge in the team. Uh, he was on Instagram yesterday talking about getting back to it. Lee Tomlin, would you <laughs> want him? No, I can't even say it seriously. Don't. Um, <laughs> Some will think we're being serious and it'll get on Twitter. I'll insult them, then they'll get offended. As has, as has happened this week. As has happened this week. Um, moving swiftly on, um, we marched through to the fourth round uh, against Preston. There were 27 fouls conceded. Names on the trophy. Name is on the trophy. There was a 52% ball possession ratio for Cardiff to 48 for Preston. That's the Brexit ratio. The Cup's going to Brexit out of England, um, back to Wales. Uh, uh. We'll talk about the next cup try, next cup tie uh, shortly. Liverpool. Um, everyone knows we've drawn Liverpool. It's going to be an exciting day at the start of February. But Ben, I wanted to touch on um, Morrison with one hour's post-match comments. Um, the the kind of his treatment of Davis was was raised again, um, and he basically said that it's not something they don't say in public as they say in private. Um, obviously, Davis got a rea- he got a reaction out of Davis yesterday uh, with his performance. And do you think that's kind of vindication for for Steve Morrison and the way he treats the players? No, the, I couldn't hear Steve Morrison's interview just because all I could hear was a lorry backing, just backing up from like reversing back on the comments he made. It was ridiculous. It was him clawing. I think he knew I went too far with that. I think I, I think he realised he was in the wrong and trying to make up for it. Because if that's how he's managing people and he's like Jack and Hyde, because he was yeah. gushing over him. He was absolutely gushing over him. And he, yeah, I think he, like, he was really good, but... I think it was as much of him sort of trying to make up for his previous comments and realizing he was in the wrong than it was anything else because yeah, they it was poor. I think you've got notes here, but like you listen to Alex James Feast of Football and the way Danny Gabdon and you and Robert spoke about it. Um, I completely agree. I thought they spoke very well, spoke a lot of sense about it. And it's just you can't treat young players like that when there's play- other players in the squad that were doing a lot worse that should have been hung out to dry before he did. That's the problem, is yeah. the inconsistency. And I think we said it before, he's only dug out two players this year, really, and they've both been youngsters. And that's bully boy tactics. And, you know, it, that, that's what worries me because we've had senior players this year who have really, really fucked up and it hasn't been mentioned. And, um, and you know, there's people saying, like we, we said in the last pod, it was like, if we're clutching our straws a little bit, perhaps he knows Davis's character from when he worked with him in the youth set, that perhaps this is the best way that he reacts. But then when you listen to, like, Gabadon and, you know, you and Robert saying, their piece on it, like you and Robert said, he was angry about it, and you know yeah. that, that that sums it up, right? They're they blokes who've got long careers in football, who've come across Steve Morrison in their travels as well, who are, who are digging him out, and I think that says a lot. And it's something I was worried about before he took the job. He's he's a character that rubs up people the wrong way, and I I don't yeah. think he's a great man manager from what I've seen so far. And you could do some really long-term damage with young players if you treat them badly. Um, and it's great that Isaac Davis has come back with a response because that, that probably gets him off a bit of a hole now. And he perhaps he looks like a genius in some quarters to some of our fans. But it does worry me going forward if, if he's going to treat some of our players that way, then we could be in for a torrid time if things go against us in the next few months. Yeah, I think like 
no one wants Morrison to fail. Like, I think I, everyone wants him to do well. Like he's still got to support the fans massively. Everyone wants him to do really well. We can see things are improving, but there's areas where he needs to improve, and he's really shown his naivety as a manager. Um, you've got to think. What's he? What size today? Is twenty years old. Mm-hmm. At twenty years old, if I have my boss come out in the press and slagging me off like that, it ain't going to do me the wonders. Like at twenty years old, it's like you're coming into senior football. Like it's a Cardiff's a sort of it's a tough place to play as a youngster anyway because it's really intense. We put a lot of pressure on them very young. We don't mean to. We just get excited about develop like players developing there, and sort of they need to be handled in a, in a certain way. Otherwise, it can cause serious problems and. Yeah, thankfully, Davis seems to show that it's not affecting too much. But that's one game. I think the game before showed the commas did get to him. Well, I, I think I, I, I was to say Cardiff's the kind of place where even even everyone's favourite player can turn around and within a couple of weeks be getting criticised. We've seen it happen with, I always go back to the Callum Patson example. He was, you know, one of the key players in the Premier League. He came back from injury against Reading uh, away when we lost 3-0. And within five minutes, someone had called him a useless C-word. And it's like, he was probably, you know, he scored five or six goals. He was a makeshift forward in the Premier League last year. It's his first game back after injury and you're already slating him. And I think that's the thing that got to me about um, Morrison's comments is they all, they were already permeating into the crowd. We heard it at West Brom last week. People behind us were calling Isaac Davis, all sorts of things. And it's like, that's not going to help him at all either. And I think they've got that lead from what Morrison is doing. Um, it, it kind of remains to be seen what long-term effect that has. But I think the fact that you're right, there's there's... More senior players who have got away with murder this year compared to what Isaac Davis has done in two or three games, and if he's if he's not going to dig them out as well so publicly, then if he's not doing it publicly, when is he doing it behind the scenes? Like there's 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 a kind of accountability question there, isn't there? I respect him more for digging out a player like we'll use Volk for example. He's probably been yeah. one of the most guilty parties. I'd respect him more for digging him out and showing look, this is a man. I'm a proper manager now than digging out the kids. Digging out the kids just seems like. It's, it seems cowardly. It seems really lazy, boy, sort of easy. Says. Yeah, it's just the easy way to do things. And that's not going to lead to long-term success as a manager. Yeah, and someone like Volks would take it, right? We yeah. know what Volks is like. We know his temperament. Like, so digging him out would probably rile him up more. And he, you might get a bit more out of him. And, and that would be understandable because that comes across as a little bit more calculated. But we're not seeing any sort of calculated thoughts from Morrison at the moment. It's just reactionary. He's yeah, clearly like- going into press conferences with no idea what he's going to say to things. He hasn't got planned answers. It, it's the naive side of it. He's kind of just winging it. And he came in early on with a few stats and things like that. But now he's just, he's so reactionary. And he, he seems like he's always on the defensive and it does worry me a little bit at the moment. I hope it changes because I, I I want him to do well. Obviously, I want him to do well. He's our manager at the end of the day. But I just I hope he changes his, his approach going, going forward because it can't last like this. There's also the worry that what he says to Isaac Davis then affects the other youth players who are coming through. All of a sudden, we're very reliant on five or six youth players to fill the bench and to come in when we need them. And if if all of a sudden you're looking around and going, well, Isaac Isaac put one foot wrong and he's already being slated by the manager, then why would I? Where, where's my confidence going to be when I go on the pitch? If you're someone like you're someone like Evans or Sam Bowen, if you come into the pitch and go, well, if I put a foot wrong, I might get dragged out in, some, in front of that press conference as well then it kind of creates a psychological impact that we probably don't really consider with the older players because older players probably have thicker skin have been around the game for a lot longer um it's it's interesting i think i think morrison has got a lot to learn about managing the press conference side of things and managing that public persona that comes with the manager when you're an under 23s manager you're kind of shielded away from it aren't you um, no one cares that as, as much yeah. as we like seeing like when they're doing well we talk about it Realistically, if the under 23s lost every game for the season, 
We'd just say, oh, very, it's only the under-23s, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Very few would sort of react to it. And yeah, that you're right. He's got a lot to learn and sort of develop that way. And hopefully he does it because, like I said, look, the team around him seems like a good bunch. And mm-hmm. he's got the makings there of like the fans are behind him, the fans are behind the coaching team, young players coming through, which the fans like. Like There could be something real special just around the corner if we handle it well. He's just sort of got to take this thing and say, and even just come out and say, hold his hands up and say, you know what, I fucked up on that. Sorry. And just sort of move on, whether he does it behind the scenes or in public, I'm not asked, but sort of acknowledge his mistake on that and hopefully move on from it now. That's very optimistic that something special is around the corner, Ben. I will give you that. Um, um, and I appreciate the optimism. Quite like why I appreciated Mark Harris's optimism yesterday when he said, after he scored the winning goal, he said, who do you want? He said, Liverpool, home or away. Um, you know, could only ever be home or away. Uh, but he was right. It was Liverpool away. Um, uh, cracking draw, isn't it, Tom? Yeah. Because before the Preston game, I got started getting far too excited about the FA Cup again. On the last pod, I said, I don't care. We should put a weekend team out. Then about an hour before the game, I was like, oh, no, I actually absolutely love the FA Cup. I'd be gutted if we lose it. And this is the reason why. Because now it's a welcome distraction away from the league. We get to take 8,000 people up to Liverpool. And, like, it's great. It's so exciting. You know, it's revenue for the club as well. But it's just, it's great for fans to... I know we played them in the Premier League and stuff like that, but we're going to have even more fans in the Cup because we get a bigger allocation. And it's just so exciting. You know, we might get a TV game as well. We'll be on like, you'll have people who never watch us play watching us, watching us get Tonk 7 0. But it's absolutely rattle people again. Like when Joe Beck, let's not forget, last FA Cup game against a big side was Man City, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. How much Joe Bennett rattled not just Sane's leg. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen again. Well, look, I, we're, we're in a position where we can go to, to Anfield and we can wi- wind up superb Salah on Twitter and fabulous Firmino and all those dickhead football Twitter accounts just by, I don't know, putting out fucking Will Vox. Oh, Will Vox, Will Vox versus Nabi Cater in the middle of the park. Yeah. And, I know who like, my money's on. And I, like, like people are joking, it's the real South Wales derby, isn't it? Like we've yeah. all grown up around Liverpool fans. Like I've got them in my family and stuff, which is I know this is embarrassing. You know, I, I tend not to admit it, but um, it's just I, I'm really excited for it. Like I didn't think I went into that draw like kind of hoping for a small club. I think we mm. we said in our in our WhatsApp group like hoping for a Boreham Wood or a Kidderminster. Kidderminster, I mentioned yeah, Cambridge, Cambridge. Like a little bit bigger. We might get a ticket, whatever. But then as soon as like Liverpool came out, I was hoping it was our ball, and I hadn't read what number we were as well. I was like. I think that. Well, you don't read the VFTN Twitter account where I posted that we were born number seven. Yeah, that didn't Um, do that. See, but yeah, I'm I'm buzzing. Sorry. All right. Um, Yeah, shut up now. You pay attention to our Twitter account. Um, Ben, does it have a bit of extra significance because we can't go to the home games at the moment? So being able to have a big crowd at a decent away game just feels like a bit of a reward for being punished by uh, Mark Drakeford. Yeah, there's something special about that. It's going to make getting a ticket a lot harder I think everyone's going to want to go to that just because they won't be able to and the way it's going we're not going to be able to have seen football for so long as well it's a top team there's some good football going to be played not by Cardiff but we haven't seen some good football for a while so it'll be, it'll be a nice change and I think someone put it on Twitter about how the game because we both got through Cardiff and Barnsley got through that the game the championship Joshua game Watson I think it was yeah it was oh, the championship game would be moved for that weekend where we were going to meant to play Barnsley so we would draw Barnsley yeah. And as soon as he said that, I was certain that's who we were going to get because yeah. it would be the most Cardiff thing to happen. I was like, he's fucking put it out there now. That's exactly what's going to happen. So for us to wind up with, uh, and we're sort of putting stuff in the group, we are saying like Spurs away would have been a nice little trip. And yeah, but Liverpool for that, 
it's close by it's a sort of reasonable trip i think yeah it's gonna be a real real good fun day i was looking at the draw and it's, it's actually quite a nice draw for a lot of clubs right i know, I know there's some championship all championship ties like huddersfield barnsley's pretty pretty rubbish peterborough queens park rangers pretty rubbish but palace have got hartlepool right that's quite a big draw for hartlepool away and um, was it kidderminster have got west ham um man united or aston villa play in middlesbrough that you know they're, they're, they're ties where you think actually there could be an upset on the card because it's not too far out of um too far out of the realms of possibility um and I, I think the question there for me, Tom, is do we have a chance? One-off well, game, 8,000 Cardiff fans going up there. Um, you know, um, it, there's no replays. They might have a few players missing at the, the AFCON or coming back from AFCON. They're going to be depleted. Do we have a bad. chance? Like you watched that Preston game going, I'm, oh, why do you have to watch another <laughs> half hour of that? And within like an hour of it, you're going, I tell you what, I fancy us up at Liverpool. Yeah. And why does it do that? <laughs> and it's like I genuinely like I tell yeah, they will, they'll be resting players. Shrewsbury managed to score early on. So, <laughs> you know, we've done all right up there before. And like is it does someone put a start out that we're the only team other than Man United to beat Liverpool more than we've lost to them? Yeah. That is yeah. that is absolutely insane as well. And, and, and obviously that means absolutely fuck all when you've now got Will Vox in midfield. But and I, I, I'm really looking forward to it because if we concede, like Chesterfield at Chelsea, right? They conceded after six minutes and they decided, ah, there we are then. We're just going to enjoy our day. And yeah. they just bullied Lukaku for 90 minutes. And we could do the same thing, can we? Like we'll concede early on and then we'll just start singing about Paul Parry or something and we'll have a lovely time. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, whatever happens. Um, then it's, it's something like we get 15% of the attendance, uh, sorry, of the um, allocation. There's, I think, 45% of the gate receipts on the day because that's how the FA Cup split. And I saw someone on Twitter say that it could be around the million pound mark coming our way. Um, that's a big boost, isn't it, at, at this stage in the season for a club who haven't had match day revenue for the last couple of games. Um, so it's either way, we're winning, aren't we? Yeah, it's a right result, isn't it? The club must be delighted. It couldn't. I think the only way it could have got better was Man United, Man United away. Just because the ground's a bit bigger, the gates have been a bit bigger. But yeah, it's absolutely superb. Um, but yeah, I think the people I'm going to be supporting now in the African Cup of Nations is Omicron. Omicron? Yeah. That's Salah, a... Salah Mane not isolating for 30 They're not going to play that game anyway, are they? They're not going to come back from that. And... Well, the, the, team they, the team they put That's out the um, against Trophy was quite there. strong because they yeah. had Fabinho in there. I think Firmino played. Um, you've got to think they're sort of off it the pace in the league Klopp's going to be looking to sort of see if he can win a trophy for them this is a winnable sort of trophy for them yeah they did a four like teenage debutants though, didn't they like it wasn't like ridiculously strong there were still holes in that in so that they, team they, against Shrewsbury they played um, uh, Kanate and Van Dyke at the back ah, easy which is first, <laughs> their first choice I mean keep them all or bully him um, Robertson at left back uh, Curtis Jones on the left wing. Then he brought off the bench. They brought Minamino, Tamiskas, and Firmino, um, which is quite a strong, um, strong team. Tom, nah, you not know, convinced. Yeah, not convinced. Me, we've got. Uh, All right, I, well, I was going to. I was going to joke around and name some of our players. We're not going to bother. That's enough. Of, well, I was going <laughs> to ask you, Tom. That's enough of their team. Who are you starting from our side? I. It, you want to start a strong team, don't you? You don't want to be completely embarrassed. Like if you put a lot of kids on, they get hammered. That's doing no one any good. So mm-hmm. I, I'd like to see us put a strong strong team out. It's a welcome distraction um, away from the league. And all the players be buzzing. They'll all want to play that game. And, you know, if, they, if, if they don't show up for a game like that, even if we get beat, but if they put a performance in, it could be season-changing, you know, season-defining for us. So I, I, I want to see a full-strength team out. You know, maybe you'll leave Phillips in goal or something, but 
I, I want to see our our strongest team put out at Anfield. Do you think, Ben, that's what the effect we, were, we, 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 we don't necessarily consider at this stage is now we've got three games between now and Liverpool. This is a proper carrot for them to aim for. Um, we've got three games for them to put in a good performance. Will we see an improvement in confidence on the pitch as they're all aiming to start against Liverpool? I hope so. I think as a footballer, if you can't get excited about going to Anfield and playing in front of sort of Liverpool fans, sort of playing in that sort of arena, then is football really the right sport for you? Um, especially at the championship level, a lot of those players, that as much as we think they'll come on, there's not going to be many chances these players have a chance to play, play at Anfield. No. So I think each one of them is going to be sort of pushing, saying that this is it's once in a lifetime for a lot of these players. They'll never sort of hit those heights again. And yeah, hopefully it does give them a kick up the arse and things really do kick on. Two players that I know are definitely excited. Mark Harris, he's a Liverpool fan, I believe, um, or raised a Liverpool fan, which is what he said in the press conference afterwards. And, and Marlon Pack, I think his boy is a big Liverpool fan. So yeah. um, it'd be a nice, nice occasion for them in any event. And Marlon Pack could be able to show off his lovely new hair. And talking about lovely hair, let's get on to the transfer. I put rumpus, I meant rumours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no one even noticed. Transfer rumpus. It's a rumpus of transfers. Um Ben, the big rumour that kind of doing the rounds last week or over the last week or so is um, our lovely haired um, COVID suffering Kiefer Moore. Um, Bournemouth have been linked with the big man. Uh, my friend who's a Bournemouth fan, James, says he's not sure why they'd be linked with Kiefer Moore. He doesn't really fit their game plan. Um, the, the story was that Bournemouth are, are hoping that we can lower our asking price. They might even look to take him on loan and buy him at the end of the year. I like what they did with Kenwin Jones a few years ago. What do you think of the rumour, Ben? Do you think it's got any legs, like Keith Moore's I, lovely I, legs? I can see him in that shit by the end of the, by the, end of the transfer window if his, him and his agent have anything to go by. I think if that move comes up and they've got the option for it, Keith is going to be screaming for that. They're almost mm-hmm. nailed on for promotion. He gets to play in the Premier League, he gets away from this, and he, there's no doubt he's going to be getting, sort of, you look at that squad, he's going to be getting plenty of service and he should be looking to get plenty of goals there. Um, if I'm him, I'd be desperate for that move to happen. Um, Good job. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I wish I was. Yeah, lovely hair. Yeah, I just don't think um, Bournemouth are going to pay the fee we'll demand. Um, I think that could be our only saving grace is if the board are strong and set out and say no, you're not going. But then the issue is, so I'm sort of a big sort of chat with Hugh Kinsey about this on WhatsApp the other day when the rumor came out. It's a gamble by the club, isn't it? Yeah, they can, they can get offered a decent uh, decent fee. He's got eighteen months left on his contract, and we're sort of gambling because without him, we're in real trouble. If with Giles going as well, we're t- you're losing what seventy percent of your goals or seventy percent of your sort of. Well, we're losing what six? Yeah, all the chances that Giles creates for Kiefer Moore. Yeah, so that in a relegation fight is not a good thing. And then you've also got the morale from that as well. The club that sort of plays thinking shit, we're right in the trouble, and we've just lost our top scorer. It's a bad move there, and sort of you'd imagine even at ten million, staying in the championships worth more to the club than ten million pounds is. But God, it's, 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 there's, it's, no, it's, there's no guarantee that Keith will keep us up. And no. Hugh said he could play the next game. We could reject that bid first game in January, uh, February. He breaks his leg. He's out for the season anyway. Yeah. It's um, it's, it's a really interesting position to be in because obviously we pin all our hopes on Keith Moore. But by the end of this year, we've talked about this countless times. If we sell Kiefer Moore now and then we get to the summer and all the players who've lost their head with the morale and we get relegated or we, we finish so close to the bottom, all of a sudden we can have an exodus of pack. We can have an exodus of pack, folks, Morrison, Flint, whoever else is without a contract. And it's kind of like balancing that, isn't it, Tom? Because if we sell him now, it's almost like a, an, admit, an admittance of defeat and all the other players follow him. 
if we keep him, and as Ben says, if we break his leg, we miss out on a transfer fee that we could transform this club. Yeah, I think the conversations they'll be having now is, could we stay up without him? If so, I think we'll sell him. And I think mm. that, 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 that's what they're going to be weighing up, right? And to be honest, he hasn't been firing this year. And I think that's why, if you look on Twitter, there's a lot of Cardiff fans are kind of going, mm, I probably would take £8 million for him now or something like that. And to be honest, our problem at the moment isn't keeping him, it's getting the service into whoever we've got up top. And to mm. be honest, Collins is probably good enough as a front man if you give him service. Um, I think we'll stay up just because there's a couple of bad teams and there's points deductions in the league. Um, and I think that's I think that's all they're gonna the board are gonna pin it on now. I don't think they are strong enough to turn down anything over six million for him, to be honest. I is that your is that your is that your if if they offered six million pounds now, would you take it? I wouldn't take that. No, I, I'd be pu- pushing for at least eight to ten, to be honest. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's worth that, but uh, he's worth that to us. That's and it. That's where we are at the moment, though, isn't it? Because yeah. to us, he's he's probably a ten to twelve million pound footballer. Yeah. But on form to other club, he's probably a five to seven million pound footballer. Um, yeah. And even that's probably because he's not played well this season, and he's been in out the team injuries with COVID, everything else. We probably haven't seen half. You know, we've probably seen fifty percent of Kiefer more compared to what he was last year. Yeah, it's um, it is a tough one. I I can't see him being in a Cardiff shift by the end of January. I, I'm with Ben on, um, but. Ben Price on this one. I, I just you. think I think there'll be too uh, any sort of offer. I think the board would be looking at it, looking at our finances, and so, and, and like you were saying, there's a lot of players out of contract. We're going to have to try and lure people in. So like that one fee for him could be five, five or six players for us coming in. So yeah, I, you look I, really I, sad. Are you thinking of life without Kiefer Moore? It's just it's just reflecting how again it's it comes back to how poorly this club's been run for so long. Yeah. It just screams like every scenario, you sell him, you face relegation, you keep hold of him, you lose him on a free and you're missing out on that transfer fee. It's literally the club's in a no-win situation with that. Even if we keep him he keeps us up, we either then look to sell him in the summer and it's another sort of kick in the crotch and they'll put the fans in sort of a bad place and the fans will be outraged and it'll cause problems there. Or you let him go twelve months later for free in the summer. It's just, again, it's just yeah, it's just piss poor planning and sort of no long term strategy and no long term thought by the club is leaving us in a situation where they haven't got a clue what to do. I can guarantee that they're panicking now. They're scratching their heads, going, "What do we do?" Because one person's gonna be thinking, "Ooh, money." And the other person be saying, "Yeah, but what are we going to spend that money on?" Yeah, what's the long-term trust- planning? Yeah, there's, I don't there's trust also them to the right players to replace him. There's also the worry for me that if if he doesn't pick up any form and we don't if we don't sell him now or you know we choose to keep him in January and like he either gets injured or his form gets worse somehow by the summer we could be looking at even more depreciation on him as an asset and all of a sudden we, we we've gone from having an a eight to ten million pound player to having a four to six million pound player which other clubs see as a two to three million pound player like his his stock was so high last year and it's fallen so far now that it's it's hard to see how, how we get any more money than we're going to get now for him. It's mad though, because like we were applauding the club in a way, really. Because our conversation before the season start was, if we keep all the key for more, that shows our ambition to push, to try and get promotion, to get in those playoff places. And it's just flipped completely now going, we've got to keep hold of him so we don't drop. And it's yeah. just, it's mad how it's gone like that. We were so like, we were so excited going into the season thinking, oh, you know, we've got a chance here. We could build something. And just we've gone 
completely through the floor recently. And it, yeah, like you said, it's a no-win situation wherever happens. It's just the only time he plays well now is when he goes away for Wales, as if it's some sort of break to get him away from the club. And he, he can play with some decent footballers, get a bit of service, confidence is back up for a little bit. And then we destroy him over the next couple of months again. Well, that's all very depressing, isn't it? Yeah. Let's talk about still happier Liverpool, times. Liverpool in the cup, lads. Yeah, that's Liverpool in the cup. Well, we and the potential of us a new signing on the horizon, Tom, Ben. Um, Fabrizio Romano, uh, everyone's favourite signing merchant on Twitter, said that we're signing Cody, I think it's, is it Drama or Drama? Well, I don't want no Drama. Drama, Drama um, coming in from Leeds. Um, Tom, it's a right back. The position we're crying out for. Are you excited? Yeah. Well, apparently it's not as a done deal as first thought, though. Despite no, our, Romano tends to, to to run before anyone else is walking. Yeah, and yeah, if we did sign him, great. I think that you know we we need bodies through the door. He's an exciting talent. Um, I see a few Leeds fans on Twitter saying, you know, he's not ready for Premier League football yet. But he'd be ideal. Drop into the None championship. Of None of us are. <laughs> yeah, but there was a lot of people are saying, why the hell is he going to Cardiff? Wouldn't you want him to go to a better footballing team? So I, I do worry that I he might not come to us, but if he does, I think that's a bit of a coup for us, really. But I think, and that's probably come out of the fact that we're playing youngsters now. You know, we're giving young players time, and that's what other clubs can't really promise people coming in. So at least we've got that at the moment. They know that we've we're really struggling for to put bodies on the field. For anyone, so, yeah, for anyone, yeah, exactly. So you know, if we if we do pull it off, that's a great sign in. But I'm not counting my chickens just yet until he's. We see the the Ayatollah shot in the tunnel. Is it a great signing though? I, my mate's a Leeds fan. I messaged him when we found out we were linked, and his response was, "I'll be honest, mate. Not seen him much. But every time I've seen him play, he's been fucking dreadful. And he's normally quite <laughs> optimistic about players. Sort of, if a player pulls on a lead shirt, he's normally bouncing about and thinking they're the greatest player of the world. So yeah, for me, it's a bit of a. But again, I think any club at the moment they're not going to take. Any player with decent potential that could, has got the ability to take a step up and play in that next level for the Premier League, they're going to hoard this summer because of that, or this January because of all the COVID restrictions. Yeah, especially mm. leads with injuries. Yeah, any stack. any team we're any player we're sort of bringing in, there's going to be something wrong with them. Yeah, it's true because if yeah if he surplus the requirements at Leeds, then what what are they sending? Well, yeah, my my optimism's gone. So thanks for that. Sorry, I was really, I was really yeah. excited by that. I thought it was. Well, he's, an, he's an he's an he's an England under twenty one international. Um, so that's, that's something. Yeah, that's, that's a pro. Um, apparently they chose us over Swansea. If it happens, another pro. That's two. Another pro. Um, he's got uh, he's got two feet. <laughs> I'm struggling here as well, boys. I'm struggling. I know here nothing well. about it. The thing is, yeah, I know we, fuck all about him, so I can't say whether he's good or bad. I'm just going off what my mate said. But hopefully he comes in does well if if he is coming in. But yeah, he's a right back. Yeah, I thought he was a left back. I, I when I looked it up, it, it, depending where you look, it just says fallback. But um, I saw one of the news reports said he was a right back specifically. So um, maybe we'll play Perry NG at left back um, to fill that space. Who can say? Um, and that's it for the tram- transfer rumpus for this week. Um, low level rumpus, I would say. Um, moving on to the Twitter questions, um, I'll try and rifle through these. Uh, Adrian Coles, Liverpool could be a cricket score if they click, even their stiffs. And we are slow and stagnant as we have been too many times. Loving your optimism. Uh, Lee Spear, changing to four at the back, change the game and taking Brown off. Can you see four at the back working or do we still think having three CBs is a must? Ben, I like four at the back, but it seems like no matter what manager comes in, Harris through McCarthy through now to, to Morrison, 
they don't want to play two at the back, do they? Or two centre half, sorry. No, but hopefully, I felt no. Again, it's it was a poor press inside in the FA Cup. <laughs> but seeing the way it was with just um, with Morrison and Nelson in it, I I wasn't too against it. I feel a bit more confident that might be an option going forward more than previously. Perhaps we were a bit harsh in saying that we can only play through at the back because that's all our centre backs are capable of. Um, I don't think Blackburn's the game to try it because they seem to be on a hell of a run and we don't want to be making it easy for them. But um, yeah, it's definitely something to consider. Uh, Wizzy Fish, oh no, sorry, Dave Stubbs says, player consistency a worry, but fantastic to see so many youngsters being called up. Tough game against a very similar side and Liverpool draw is great for fans to have a go. Lovely optimism. Wizzy, if Smithies doesn't sign a new deal, then is Phillips the right man to become Cardiff's new number one? Would you look to sign a new keeper? Tom, I think, I think Phillips is the right man to become number one. Do you? Yeah, he's good enough. I think, um, yeah, he he had a bit of a wobble at one point. I think he's a decent keeper, and I think he's only going to be he's only going to benefit from having more and more game time. So no, I'd be more than happy with him being number one. Uh, NBF, a win is always good for confidence, but happy that we probably won't go through to round five. <sighs> Liverpool have been our opponents for two of my favourite City games, so happy for them to be the ones to kick us out. Then we focus on not getting relegated. Why can't we win the cup and get relegated? Gonzo McKenzie, think we need to move to a back four, get much more midfield ball, and we're not better defensively as a five. Baggin is solid as enough as a defensive fullback. Hope Anfield gives a boost and bit of direction to the club as we seem to be drifting the past two years. Fred Keener, thoughts on Wintle's performance? Personally thought he looked really mobile and covered a lot of pitch in his cameo. Ben, are you excited to see Wintle back? He's clearly a mobile, forward-thinking midfielder. Um, done well for Blackpool. Is, is it the, the shot in the arm this midfield needs? Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Sort of, um, when he went to Blackpool, I was sort of saying it makes sense. It was a good idea for him to go out. Um, now he's come back in. I'm desperate for him to get in that midfield to make a difference. It's um, Like we were saying earlier, it's amazing how quickly the expectations of the season have dropped off. But yeah, look, he's going to add something we haven't got. And that's a midfielder that can play football. So I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, Luke Richards cup run dream is probably over but a win is a win and I appreciate not having to play a replay at Deepdale hopefully boost the lads give us something to look forward to and we can get some momentum going in the league Die Reese, a bit of fun nice bit of extra cash for the club and hopefully we'll get a goal to celebrate our glorious defeat Nathan LCCFC dominated the ball when we went to a back four especially in extra time have to utilise a back four more in the league from here on surely to give us that extra body in midfield also impressed with David's character after everything in the week and the miss before he scored Blaine try Kieran Evans at wing back Tony Moore, Tom Sang looks brilliant on the ball and I wonder if he's a better fit down the left than Baggin. See, Tom, I'd have thought Baggin did all right against Preston. Yeah, he's solid true. enough and I'd quite happily see Sang more in midfield. I think Baggin is, you can say the same about a lot of our players, look solid on the ball, lacks end product. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he does, you know, that final ball isn't quite there yet. But I thought, he, yeah, I thought he had a decent game. But Tom, Tom Sang does look comfortable on the ball. I'm not... We haven't seen much of him in that central role, so it'll be interesting to see. There's a reason why yeah. he hasn't been playing there, I suppose. But he's clearly a very competent footballer, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Stephen Harrison, hoping to see more of four at the back. Team developing here in the league after this game was more attacking since the change. Good day for the youngsters too. <clears throat> Sam Hill, if we do change the system to a back four, who would your ideal back four be? The only player who's locked down his position is McGuinness, without a doubt. Would you a clean sheet by only having one in the last 24? Who would you play in that back four, Ben? With the mobile defenders, it's McGuinness and Nelson, but Nelson's just got an absolute clangor in him. But he seems to be getting away with them at the moment. So yeah, let's keep that luck going and see how long we can push it for. So you put, we'd put NG right back, Baggin right back. back, and then yeah, for now Bag until we get someone else in properly. 
Lovely stuff. Tom, do you agree? Yeah, possibly. I, I thought Sean Morrison had such a solid game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played the next game against yeah. Blackburn. I think he's played because if I'm not being funny, we haven't kept we've kept one clean sheet all year. It's not like it's hard to dislodge our current back line. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Morrison comes back in. Oliver Reese, I know it was a slightly weakened team, but you could tell we missed Giles already. Very lackluster going forward, with all due respect to Baggin, but you can't put the ball in the box. Time to move on from the five-back and actually bolt the midfield with hopefully some new additions. Uh, Marky McGuinness, my only thought is that CEX need to offer more hours to Kieran Brown. Uh, James Roberts, great draw. The prospect of out of our defence going up against that Liverpool th- front three is exciting, but in fairness, a great draw. Needs to be mentioned how good Mark Harris is. Always makes an impact and slowly becoming a fan's favourite for me. George Lilly, what a tie of Scousers ain't ready for Kira Brown and Marlon Pack. Familia will have nightmares. Uh, <laughs> Owen Davis, is it just me or is Mark Harris becoming a very decent player? And are you guys as worried about me uh, with the more rumours? Covered that already. Simon Hiscox, Preston could easily have sneaked that. Lailed on pen at the end. Thought the youngsters for the most part did okay. Good cup draw, but could have been better at home. Not convinced league form will benefit much from today. Sorry, pessimism corner. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag of pessimism and optimism in here. It wouldn't, uh, be, it wouldn't be better at home because we can't have fans. No, we can't have fans. That's the problem. Uh, Wobbert, W-O-B-E-R-T. Um, I'm not Jonathan Ross. Thinks it's great. Got up there and stomped out up the top and focused on staying in the championship. Let's be real. Tan ain't skin. He's just tight. We've got to stop buying or loaning old English League One players now and need to bring in players who can pass the ball properly. Uh, JD, superb. A very short trip over the water for yours truly. Oliver Reese again. Kieran Brown and Curtis Nelson. That's it. That's the tweet. Ellis Hearn, look, I think it's a good draw for the club that the young lads have an experience at playing a big club. Got to say, Isaac Davis looks a good player. If we stay up the season, like to see our younger players becoming more cemented in the team next year. K49745, Salah, Mane and Firmino ain't going to know what's hit them when they come up against a monster-fueled Kieran Brown. And the final question for you guys, Ben and Tom, Alex Strange, which City player is scoring the winner at Anfield? Pleasure for Kieran Brown. You go first. Um, Harris, Mark Harris. I think it's. I think his energy, you know. I, I think it's crying out for a, a Harris winner. Ben Price, Ruben Cole, eighty-sixth minute screamer, and then we're all in the car, all in the away end at Anfield for like three hours afterwards, just singing Ruben Cole, baby. Oh, I thought we were going to sing "Don't Sack Mackay." Um, <laughs> but I'm still hurt from that game. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm just going to go with lovely Joe Rolls. Lovely Joe Rolls. Oh, that eaters or something like that. Eaters it. Yeah, that'd be a nice, like a nice. Yeah, you know, so it's tenth year at the club or whatever it is. Whole That'd song. be a nice cap- capping off moment for him to actually um, show the fans that he's much better than they ever given credit for. But before Liverpool, there are league games to talk about. Um, ben, we've already touched upon it this week, but it's uh, Blackburn at home on Friday in front of no. Oh, Friday, sorry, it's Saturday in front of no fans. Uh, Blackburn miraculously sit in second position. Um, I think they're four wins on the bounce, potentially. Um, been on an incredible run of form since losing 7-0 to Fulham. Uh, we've probably played them once this year. A Ben Barrett and Diaz hat-trick led them to a 5-1 victory over us. They're a season's for surprise package. I've set it up for you, Ben. Can we get a result? No. Oh, fucking hell. Why not? We're just they're just playing really well now. You sort of look at a, t- a club, a team that's sort of got their act together, knows exactly what they're doing. Every player sort of performing to their potential. They're sort of act, well playing above their potential. To be honest, you look at that squad with them in second. They're a team really up for it, real high on confidence. And then you've got us, almost the exact opposite of that. 
Things they are went... definitely better than they were. I'd be a lot more. I'm, I'm more confident in this than I was in like under the time we played under McCarthy. But then they're, they're the last team in this league I'd want to play right now. I disagree. Did, I was going to say, Tom, I'll come to you, but does it change your mind when you think they've had nine league games and beaten, but they played a very strong team and lost 3-2 to Wigan in the um, FA Cup? Um, that's the first loss they've had in nine games. That can have that kind of uh, psychological impact on them. There's all the uncertainty around Brereton-Diaz. Um, uh, potentially, I read today somewhere, I don't think it was a reputable news source, Real Madrid are interested in him. Um, I'm calling <laughs> bullshit on that. Um, but I, not because have I don't you, think... Have you just been pulled in by that transfer bot again? Something like that. Because like if that. the next one's on yours list is Alexis Sanchez coming for £600,000, then I think you've been done, mate. Yeah, Alexis Sanchez signing for Cardiff. Um, do you not think, Tom, you, you would say you disagree, do you not think there's a chance of a win? Definitely. You know, they haven't won this year. They've had one draw and one <laughs> loss. So I think, you know, they're in a bit of a slump, if anything. You know, they drew a home to Huddersfield, then lost, you know, at, at Neighbours, Wigan. I think they're there for the taking. No, but all jokes aside, they, I think we are the underdog going into that game. I probably will benefit from not having our fans there because I, I think there's quite that. a lot of negative atmosphere at the moment. Um, even though I did pick up for a little bit, but it's taken a little bit of a turn again. So I think having that training game feel might actually benefit us. Um, but I'm, I'm not. I'm all like I'm not massively confident going into it. But I wouldn't write us off. I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility that we get a result at home against Blackburn. Ben, who are you starting from the youth? Would you start Davis again? Does Harris get a game now that he came on and scored? Do you put Sang in there somewhere because of his impact? I wouldn't. Sang's the one I sort of want to see play, but he's been out for so long with injury. Um, it's not, I wouldn't rush him back. He's going to be more important long-term than he is to rush him back mm-hmm. for this one game. I think he's got, he, he's got a real chance to make an impact, sort of establish himself in the centre of midfield. Don't rush him back at sort of risk. I know it was a toe injury, so the operation cured it, hopefully. But um, yeah, let's not risk that. Um, yeah, for me, I think it's got to be Mark Harris has got to start. Just I'm, I'm getting more and more impressed with him each game. He sort of seems to be going under the radar with a lot of City fans. Um, yeah, he's really impressing me. So he's definitely got to get a run out. And yeah, wouldn't hurt to play Davis either. Tom, would you would you chuck Wintel in there? Yeah, I think so. You know, he's been playing consistent football in a team that haven't been losing every week. So, you know, it'd be nice to have someone who's used to winning games. You know, there's a reason why Blackpool are further up the table on us and he was one of the reasons why. So he's solid in front of the, what is, we've got a rugby back line as it is. He's defensively minded. I think, yeah, I think that there'd be no issues with throwing him straight back in there. He also he's scored against Blackpool. Blackburn already this season, hasn't he? No, he started. They won 2-1. I don't think he scored. Uh, Labour and Yates scored in that Blackpool game. But he knows how to beat them. And he's got win in his name. Surely that counts for something. Ryan Wynn tall the, the yeah, match. Yeah. Got it. Don't worry. Just had to point there, Tom. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. It's just neither of you. Like, Ben's looking at his fucking phone. And Tom, you were just, like, smiling at me as if I was a special child. You are a special child. <laughs> I am a special child. But I do a lot of work on this. And so you will listen to me. Um, final point, Ben. Um, on the Blackburn game, before I get your predictions, are you worried about Ben Brereton Diaz? The guy is in insane form this year. Since he's added Diaz to his name, I love the guy for his story and going out to Chile and all that kind of stuff. But I don't want him to score against us. He's got three already. He's, he needs to stop being so bloody greedy, doesn't he? Actually, oh, one, and hope... one and a half of an average over two games. You know, one and a half in each game is pretty good, good average. For, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just sort of hoping these rumours of a move to Real Madrid really put his form off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, like they've got to sell him, really, haven't they? This this kind of window, Tom, because he's, um, he's, he's got, got twelve an, months left, doesn't he? Yeah, they've got an option that they can trigger, but I think they can only cash in now. Really, he's a he's a depreciating asset, like Kiefer Moore. Yeah, let's hope that the transfer speculation means he doesn't travel. But yeah, he's he's been in some form, and I, I with our defensive woes, I wouldn't like to see him in you know full flow against us. Definitely not. And he's got lovely hair. Right, um, Ben. Predictions. What's the score going to be? Uh, 3-1 Blackburn cool better than last time Tom 2-1 Cardiff 2-1 Cardiff I'm going to go 1-0 I think it's going to be a draw I, 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 full I, house I, I would have put money on that the sooner yeah, you win one loss I thought it was going to be 1-0 from you full house full house it is um, if you want to get involved with the podcast uh, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian we've got a partnership going at the moment with Manscaped on the uh, 4.0 package go to www.manscaped.com use the code VFT Ninian for your 20% off there follow us on Twitter if you like what we do go to ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian we do this for the love not the money otherwise we'd be very rich um, Ben another cracking podcast in the can what are you going to do the rest of your evening I got some food to eat and then I go watch the football. Lovely stuff. Tom? Yep, same for me. It's my last uh, day of living on, in the flat on my own before my girlfriend comes back from Australia. So oh, I'm going to eat reunited and, and it's never Reunited and it's never been so good. Um, thanks for joining me once again, boys. I'll talk to you later. Love you. Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get the ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beers sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is, I've already got hours waiting for us after this, and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>